<laughs> it's funny because on on Tarantino's set, he has every he always dresses up like whatever the scene we're shooting. So like when we shot oh. a scene at the Playboy Mansion, he was wearing a smoking jacket and had a big pipe. Like, and it oh. certainly helps the energy on set. This is Amigos PC. If you were looking for a highbrow, fancy, smart, regal podcast with hosts that love to talk about horse riding, badminton, and trips to the vineyard, you're in the wrong place. This is Amigos PC. If you're looking for drinking, random nonsense, stunts, shenanigans, and balls out craziness, you've hit the jackpot. This is Amigos PC, and this is Scott and Mark. Amigos PC, uh, at it again. Uh, today's guest, we have uh, Rachel Redleaf. Uh, she is a star in Why Women Kill. Uh, also appeared uh, in the movie... You know what? I, not movie, uh, TV show. I've just been recently atypical. I like it's spaced for a second. Sorry about that. Which is an amazing show uh, on Netflix. Rachel, if you could just give us a little bit of insights and tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Well, hey, I'm Rachel. Thanks for having me. I've been acting since I was four years old, and I've been I did like a lot of musical theater growing up, but I wanted to go to college for screen acting because I thought it was different, and so I did and I started pursuing film and television and yeah here I am uh, that actually brings me to one question that I did have uh, which is uh, it, it, you're from Arizona correct yeah yeah okay so we started in Arizona my co-host here okay. recently moved uh, to Tennessee but he's a native uh, to Arizona uh, and one thing uh, that really piqued my curiosity especially once we, uh, you know we started talking and, and scheduling you to get on the show was you know you starting acting at such a young age here also in the valley so my teenage daughter is also trying to do something similar uh, and, uh -huh. and break into it so what was like the progression when you were a child and in, in getting into to move on to, to screen acting and things like that? Yeah, well, I started, so I started musical theater when I was four at this theater called Desert Stages, and it was a theater in the round, so you had to, like, go on the stage at intermission to get to your seat. So I called it the Play Place Theater because I thought it was fun. It was like the McDonald's <laughs> Play Place because you could run around all over it. And I asked my mom when we could go back, and she looked it up, and there were auditions for Wizard of Oz. So instead of going and seeing a show, I, I auditioned for one, and I got in, and I literally never looked back. And then slowly, like, like through the years, you could tell that it was becoming my passion. And then I was more serious about it than some of the other kids in, in the show that are just like there for fun. Like I actually yeah. really loved it. And then, you know, a big thing for me growing up was that I wanted to be on Broadway. That was my main goal. And my backup plans were movies. And then my backup plan to movies was TV. My backup plan to TV was being a news anchor. Some, it all had to do with entertainment though. And because I knew musical theater, that had been what I was doing my whole life. I wanted to get the other side of acting, which is film. Okay. So very cool. So you, you grew up in Scottsdale. I see. Yeah. Okay. Cool. What, uh, which high school, like what high school? did you go to? I went to Horizon High School and I was very big in their show choir program. Very cool. Yeah. 
uh, are you going to ask for like the last four of her social and and yeah, no, and, yeah. Uh, what, what her favorite color is dog, dog's name dog oh name. yeah oh that's right that's right all right so we're gonna try to figure out your password before we're, we're done with the show perfect <laughs> that's our goal you won't get it it's one of those long ones that they give you in middle school that like makes no sense <laughs> and I've just kept it through the years. Nice. Yeah. I, the phone keeps asking for my, you know, hey, do you want to use a different password? And I, I'm so, I have so many passwords that I don't even know what password goes to what anymore. Really? So it's like, you know what? Fine, phone, just pick the password for me. It, it's just, just <laughs> yeah. do it. And, and then I'll forget it again and I'll have to reset it again. It's just so difficult. Well, now it's yeah, getting to the point where the phone or the computer or anything saves them for you. So then you start saying, okay, and then you just have a whole list of ones you don't exactly. even know anymore. I know. And you're saying, oh, okay, just sign in for me. Sign in for me. Uh, that's get- how Skynet takes over. And obviously you're on Netflix. I always end up forgetting my Netflix password. And then I also have my kids like asking like, Hey, what's the password to Netflix? I'm like, well, one, how did you get logged out? I don't don't understand. Like Netflix just stays logged in. But two, I don't know. (laughs) Cause I don't know my Netflix. Yeah. The only time it's ever like trouble is if you're like out of town, out of new TV and you have to Mm re-sign in, but I don't know any of my passwords. So luckily they're all true on my TV already. Okay. Well, uh, my apologies for kind of derailing it to passwords, Jenny. I, I was just trying to uh, be funny and, and make fun of Scott with his questions, but so, whatever. I know. <laughs> so, uh, one thing. So I, I recently had uh, been binging Atypical, and, and eventually we'll get to your your new series, which uh, also looks very entertaining. But I am really, uh, I've become a real huge fan of this Atypical show. Uh, so I, I kind of wanted to get like your opinion, your thoughts. Uh, I see, you know on social media you're posting about the next season coming up Mm -hmm. Uh, it's very it's very unique i I wasn't expecting just basically the dynamic of the family uh and how things are going through because it's it's you know the one kid is on the spectrum right Uh, well had Mm -hmm. had been technically diagnosed it's high functioning for the most part it seems like he's gotten or not he's gotten he is extremely smart in almost everything but then basic functionality of of just general life is is hard for him and then you get to interact with that character at one point I don't want to like throw spoilers on. I, I might just edit this, but you ended up stealing a dog. <laughs> and so I, I wanted to kind of just talk about that scene, right? And, and what's rolling through. Cause it was, it went from a, a really like serious scene with everybody and, and people mm-hmm. were emotional. And then all of a sudden, like you disappeared for a minute. And came back. I come back with a stolen dog. Yeah. yeah, with a dog, and I'm like, oh my god, they're gonna leave with a dog. Uh, so, can you just walk us through that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, Beth, my character is Beth, and she's always like the comedic relief, or like she, she really nothing bothers her. She's very happy go lucky, and you know, she wanted that dog, and she sees Casey upset from my dad and whatever. And she's just like, tries to think of the funniest, most like carefree thing to do. And so she steals a dog and it's very in my character to just, you know, cheer people up and just make it funny, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, you, you've had a few, like, like a few parts into, into the show where that kind of happens. Uh, so how, how does it come across your plate 
with getting like a, a script like this? And then how do you know uh, if like this is something, did you have to audition for this or, or when you got the script, were you like, I, I you know, really thoroughly enjoy this. Like, let's try to get this. Like, how, how does that process work? <laughs> I wish. No, not yet. <laughs> I auditioned and Atypical was actually the first thing I ever booked okay. professionally. I had done some professional theater before, but this is the first like on camera thing I had done. And it was my sophomore year of college and I put myself on tape, I think on a Monday and I sent it in. And on Tuesday I found out that I got a callback and I went to the callback. And then after the callback, I found out I was in the mix, which means like me and a few other people are the choice. And then the next so that was that was Friday and then Monday I found out I was the choice and went to a table read. Oh nice. So it's a very quick process. It's like all within a week. Wow. And I know a lot of people, depending on the project, uh, with a couple that we've talked about, like they just go to an audition and then, you know, they don't hear anything for a while. And the next thing you know, they're on the Ozarks. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, usually in in my case, at least, like if I don't hear back within three days, I'm like, okay, I didn't get that. (laughs) In the pandemic, it's been a little different because they're like producing things for the future because we had, you know, we were all locked inside. So I would audition for something and then I'd be like, not here for months and be like, well, maybe they're still keeping me in mind because it's not being filmed for another year. So you're saying there's a chance. Yes. (laughs) Is it filmed at California or is it somewhere else? It's only California. California? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, you're obviously total lockdown for sure. Yeah. So, well, speaking of, you know, bring up the pandemic and, and things like that, were you, uh, in, would do your auditions, are you doing, would you be doing that in person or is that something video wise? Like, how, how have auditions been uh, during the pandemic? A little bit, you know, further detail than. Yeah. I mean, it's all been self tapes for, for the most part. There's been some like Zoom auditions where like you'll be live with the casting director, but on video. Those are hard though, because you're not usually when you're filming something, you're not supposed to look at the camera. But because looking at the camera on that is looking at the read like you are supposed to. So I'm like, I don't know where to look. Like, it's just, you know, a bunch, but I love self-taping because I can do it as many times as I want until I get it right. So I think I really have the opportunity to walk out of that audition, even though I did it at home and be like, I gave my best work because I'm only going to submit the best thing. Whereas you go to an in-person audition and you have one shot and we hope you don't mess up. So was you know with being audition you know, the in person and then doing it via Zoom uh, and you're not supposed to be looking at the camera but then you're, you're looking at the camera like what is beyond just being in person like w- was there a lot of difference between like what the director would be saying or doing or telling you like or or like a casting person in there I, obviously i'm not really familiar with the process yeah no, no it's interesting because like when you're when you're in person they might give you a critique and tell you to do it again with self-tapes you're taping at home with a reader that you pro- you provided yourself and they don't they don't give you critiques and you're not really supposed to submit more than one uh, version of the take because it makes you seem like an unsure actor. Like you didn't know which choice was better. However, if the takes are different enough, you can submit to like one normal take and one like extra funny take or something because you're like, I don't know what you want. And I want to give you like as many options, but beyond two, you shouldn't really go there because then it's just like, 
they're not going to waste their time on you. You know, they'll probably see most casting directors see what they want within the first 30 seconds. Yeah. And also seem like you're probably trying too hard or like you're desperate. Maybe if you're given too many tapes. That kind of yeah, it's just kind of like, well, I can do this and I can do this. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. maybe you want this. It's like, no, 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 no. Do the initial audition. Do your what you think is best, and then they will call you back if they want to see more, and okay. then they'll direct you. That was actually going to be one of my questions because I know, but I, all I know, right, is just from watching TV or movies about you know somebody actually um, for a role or, or something like that, or auditioning for a role, and you always see the director like, no, 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 do it this way while during the audition. Right. Well, obviously, they're, you're doing it in person via film, which that's also a weird aspect. Like you're filming someone auditioning for a show, a fake show on TV. And you know what I'm saying? Like it's it, I, that kind of scene is just weird in itself. Uh, when, yeah. when you kind of think about the the lane, the 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 basic aspect of it. But so when it comes to like uh, video auditioning, like Zoom and things like that, you're not getting that. You're you're saying that you're just submitting the one way you think it should be uh, or you're perceiving it on the scripter. And then you're waiting for them to tell you, do they need something else, which is unique, I think. Exactly. And, you know, more often than not, they don't, you know, they, they, you don't hear back, but either you hear back that you got it or you hear back that they, they're calling you back for like to sometimes it's the same scene. Sometimes it's a different scene because they want to see something new. Sometimes it's the same scene because they want to give you a, a note. So when you got the call back to steal the dog, uh, so what happened with the, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, you still, you still, you still a dog in your, in your tape. That no. no, not in the <laughs> tape. Yeah, I, I should have. No, that yeah. was season. That was season three. So season one, when I auditioned, we didn't even know I was going to steal a dog. <laughs> didn't even know I was going to code that far. So That's yeah. Funny. But I do take my self tapes pretty far. You know, when I go in person, you don't want to bring a lot. You don't, you, you know, it's the basic audition. But when you're filming from home, I try to take advantage of the fact that I dress like the character. If, if she's drinking a bottle of Coke, I'll be drinking a bottle of Coke. Cause if I can do anything to show them that I, to show them more than I am the vision that they are looking for, I will. Okay. You want to be, you want to be the scene, I guess you can say, right? Yeah. So they can see it. Yeah. That makes sense. So for someone that's actually like starting out in, in acting, right? They're trying to get their foot in the door. You know, example, my, my daughter, my teenage daughter, that's trying to do this with doing like a self tape. Do you have like any tips or advice as to like, okay, you may not have like a script to do. Like, is there something uh, that, that you would recommend in in projecting out and, and recording for that? Sure. Well, if, if you want to get into the industry, like here, like professionally, you have to have a real so yes you can record um you doing just random self tapes of random content you find what i often do i i think it's like tiring to just look up scripts and look up monologues and look up things that i might like because then i have to read them all to figure out oh no don't like that one don't like that one don't like that one but when i'm watching tv or movies i'll notice and i usually don't notice till the end but i'll notice like that was a really good moment for that character i bet that was an audition scene or that was a really good scene between those two characters i and then i take out my phone and I record the scene and then later I transcribe it. Okay. And then Hmm. because I think finding scenes that you like that like stood out to you will only make you do better because you're, you enjoy the content. So when you're starting on your own and like you don't, you don't have a scene that was given to you or anything, but you just want to show that you can act. Yeah. I would find scenes that like 
have stood out to you in TV, movies, whatever. Okay. Okay. Also, a huge tip on self-taping is just making sure that the lighting and sound is good. That's really all that matters. And that you have a plain white, doesn't really matter what color, but a plain background, no, nothing around it because you don't want anything distracting. You're the focus. That is a good tip. Good. So you move, so you, you move, so obviously you probably moved to California, right? Yeah. Yes. I've lived in LA for going on six, going on seven years. Seven years. Okay. So yeah. And then you got the obviously you got the job after school or whatever you said middle or sophomore year or in college. Sophomore year of college. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how was that transition as far as going from school and then now you had like a job on Netflix in a sense or basically a role? How how was that life changing for you? It was hard because I I stayed in school and my goal going to college was like, I hope that I book something so big that I have to drop out. I did book things while in school, but they were never significant enough, not significant enough, big enough. I didn't have to miss time commitment, stuff like that. I didn't have to miss enough school for it to warrant me dropping out. So during a typical, we actually filmed during something called inner term, which my school had, which was like a three month period in the middle of the year where aren't there you can do like travel abroad or do other stuff any typical actually filmed the majority during that time so i was like okay cool so then my friends i I came out on this tv show everyone saw it and i thought like it would help me make friends and like it but people you know i went to an acting school and people in the industry or trying to get in the industry or, or can be very jealous. And I was actually bullied mm-hmm. a lot in school for like, uh, you know, told you got lucky. So it was hard being like thinking that I would, that it would change my life for the better. And it actually made <laughs> it harder. But now that I'm out of school, it's amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Screw those, screw, screw those haters. They're probably still in school trying to get their exactly. job waiting on their, their break. Yeah. I mean, you go see him at McDonald's, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> make me a well shake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we talked earlier about you're from Arizona and, and you were, you know, um, musical theater is what you said. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and then it you know progressed into uh, and going off to college like where. So from. Uh, you know, high school and deciding, okay, well, I'm going to do this. Like where, where was the process at? And, and like, what was going on, I guess, in your life to say, all right, I I am now going to move to LA and I'm going to college uh, to pursue this uh, seriously. So I've known I wanted to pursue it my whole life before I even knew it was a career. Like I knew that I wanted to act, but you know, making the, so I applied for three schools in New York and three schools in LA. And if I was going to be in LA, I was going to go for screen acting. If I was going to New York, I was going to go for musical theater. I didn't get into any schools, including Mm -hmm. Chapman, which is where I ended up going. I was waitlisted at Chapman. So I was like, you know what? The universe spoke for itself. Like I'm not going to, I didn't even want to go to college. I wanted to pursue it straight out of the straight out of high school okay but you know it was important to my parents it was important kind of like to me and my ego i guess and whatever so i was just like i made the decision oh i'm gonna move to la start pursuing this go to makeup school because i also am a makeup artist and then i got the call that i was off the wait list from chapman and i had like the weekend to decide because it was decision day already and you know, I kind of took that as a sign from the universe that I was supposed to be going there because I had literally like made decisions not to, didn't get in anywhere. And then I hear from this one place. So I decided to go. 
What wow. what was that feeling like? Like getting the letter or or the email or or whatever it came through the call? <laughs> I got a call. Yeah, I was really overwhelmed because like I had we have a big choir concert every year for the seniors uh, that they sing any song of their choice and then they tell pretty much the whole school because choir was huge at our school. They tell the whole school where they're going or what they're doing in their post grad plans. And I had just announced that I was moving to LA to pursue my dreams and become and go to makeup school. So I just told everyone. And literally the next day I get the call that I got in and I was just like, and that I had to decide in three days. And I was just like, like <laughs> I, the, whoa, like this is, this is big news. Cause everyone at my school knew who I was. And like, I had to reannounce in some way, like, so it was overwhelming, but I don't, I don't know what made me decide. Yeah. You're going to do that because I really, looking back and even now, like I didn't want to go to school. So the fact that I had set plans not to, and then found out I was gonna, I don't know why I was just like, yeah, but there you go. Well, you took it as a sign. Like you said, initially, uh, it kind of just, you know, it, it, it's a perfect example to say, you know, life it can throw tailspins in in the way and you just, you know, got to basically buckle in and hold on and hope you're making the right decision, which obviously it looks like you are. You're enjoying exactly what you're doing. Thank you. <laughs> You're expressing it at least. I don't know what you do after recording. Yeah, no, yes, I, I'm very much enjoying what I'm doing. Totally. Didn't love college, but I'm still glad I went because had I ended up in New York or wherever, wherever I ended up, I wouldn't have been where I am today. Like Chapman's part of that experience. So even if you wouldn't have gotten uh, Chapman, the, the goal was I'm packing my bags and taking my car to L.A., right? Yes. <laughs> so wow that's yeah, so what the stars aligned basically exactly yeah. Yeah. So, so was it um we're just gonna show up or did you have plans or like what was that's gonna we'll do in LA though <laughs> yeah I was, gonna, I was yeah. gonna get an apartment get a room pretty much what i'm doing now honestly like i was just gonna find a place and i had an agent and manager already oh nice so the plan, okay. which i probably should have mentioned i had an agent <laughs> manager since i was a junior in high school oh, this changes everything so, <laughs> So from Arizona, I would get calls and they thought I lived in California. Like I had like a fake California. So I would fly from Arizona that day and come back the same day so that I could be there for school the next day. Um, But it was just an hour flight. So it was always really quick. But I would go to auditions from Arizona. So then, yes, moving to L.A., sure, it was scary. But like I had been auditioning for the last two years. So just being there was going to make it so much easier. And, you know, I was going to make connections, you know, go to action classes where you meet other actors and build content together whatever that was my plan (laughs) very cool yeah so what other is there any other actors that you hang out with or maybe someone from the cast or someone from other shows that maybe you hang out with that that are like you're in some cool inner circle with that maybe yeah i mean i wouldn't say an inner circle but like i've hung out with margot robbie a few times oh we're in once upon a time in hollywood together and i absolutely adore her i'm friends with all the atypical cast and it's been weird like this whole year not seeing anyone outside of fil- even in filming we had to wear masks we had to uh, stay in our trailers like usually you would go to lunch all together and like hang out by crafty but like when you weren't on set you had to be isolated oh mm-hmm. wow so it's definitely a weird time to be working in the industry but like they're still making it happen which is awesome well yeah, these things are getting better there 
stuff. Yeah, yeah it, it, wasn't it uh, just that they're like it's they're opening up more now and yeah, LA I think and they opened like, yesterday officially. Yeah, so. officially. Oh, wow. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty new. <laughs> You're yeah. like whatever. I mean, it's been <laughs> like it's it, been open. It's like I I don't know. Did you come back uh, to um, Arizona during COVID? Uh, to your family still here and things like that. My family's still in Arizona, yeah. So, did, did you come back at all during COVID, or were you there the okay, entire so time? right when it hit, I uh-huh. went home. And I lived with my two best friends for five weeks, which honestly isn't that long. And then I think I stayed at home for three more weeks. But I still lived at my old house, and our lease was coming up. Like, it, our lease was ending. So, the decision was, am I going to stay in that place, or am I going to move? And I wanted to move. And my parents were like, well, just wait till after the pandemic. Like, and I was like, I'm not renewing a lease for a place I don't live. Like, I either move here or go move someplace else. And I am not staying here in Arizona. <laughs> like, that was under no circumstances was that the plan i was just more like oh i have free time nobody's working right now i'm gonna go home and visit my best friends yeah on extended vacation but i was not gonna stay there under any circumstances well the only reason i bring it up is uh like two different worlds basically right like california essentially went on complete lockdown and and it was essentially nothing's open no one can do anything right Mm -hmm. where arizona uh didn't exist like if you even mentioned it you're like uh what are you talking about I mean, that's it, a, it was at first uh, like yeah a little bit a little bit at first there were no- yeah and that's when i went was like at the very beginning when everyone was <laughs> like what is this like what, what's going on and taking it slightly more seriously because I, I was going to ask you essentially but it was right at the beginning so they were kind of equal uh when it came but i was going to ask you know it, it, did you see the difference between the two worlds but well i go back all the time hmm. so i've definitely seen the difference when yeah. it's not so much like i don't yes california did close but i don't feel like it never did because i would still go to restaurants as long as i was wearing a mask doing stuff like that yeah. so when i went to arizona and like you went to restaurants and didn't have to wear a mask and like i was just like this is so wrong and like it, it was weird so, yeah i definitely saw different it. why is it different here? <laughs> yeah yeah also just my friends the difference of like my friends who still live there who i'd see like posting pictures of them like going out and doing things and vacationing and whatnot because like it just wasn't on their minds there and i was like what like (laughs) yeah yeah it was a weird feeling when the mask kind of finally went off when when i was back there in arizona when they first told us that you didn't have to wear them i was like oh this feels weird to not have it anymore at the gym I was going to, they made you wear it every day. And then the next like week later, they were like, you don't need to wear that anymore. Like it's so hard at the gym because it's so like sweaty. I get so claustrophobic. So I hate the masks because like they make me Mm -hmm. gag even just putting them on, but obviously they're important. And yeah. Yeah. That, you know, that's going to be like the new norm now, though. It, it's everybody's just going to be like, so, so what did you do? What did you do to, uh, to, to, you know, get through COVID? Like, that's just going to be a I general know. part of your conversation going forward. Like, well, how did it's you handle crazy. COVID? How did you do what? What did you do? And me and Scott are going to be, well, we were in Arizona and COVID. We didn't even know it existed until, you know, California went into lockdown. Yeah. yeah. Tell everyone. Yeah. Basically. So and then I moved to, and then I moved to Tennessee, which yeah. it's even more 
no mask kind of world over here. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know what? Arizona's too strict when it comes to COVID. So I'm going to go somewhere else where they're going to go somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> where it's less strict. So you want to give us a little bit of uh, insight on, on this new role that you have the, that just premiered on uh, the Paramount Network? Yeah. So this is season two of Why Women Kill. It's an anthology series, so you don't have to watch season one to watch season two. Though I highly suggest it because season one is arguably the best piece of television I've ever seen. (laughs) But yeah, so season two is about this housewife named Alma who wants more with her life and and what she'll what like she'll go to get that. And I play the young version of her. So nice. How did Lucy Lucy lose? I'm checking out who's on. Is it Lucy Lucy Lou is the first season. You got to click like oh, the second oh, oh, season. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, love her again. Watch the first season, it's wonderful, but it's a completely new cast, completely new storyline. So, how, how did this role essentially happen? Uh, like, do you get a call, your agent call you, or, or you're yeah, I was actually again? in Arizona at the time, <laughs> I had COVID at the time. Oh, no, I was in Arizona, yeah, and we were planning. And me and my roommate went to visit my parents, and we were planning on only being there for like a week and seeing friends and stuff. And then we got COVID, and we were there for like two months. That's a very big exaggeration. We were not there <laughs> for two months, we were there for probably about a month anywho <laughs> so yeah i got the call i had auditioned for season one of why women kill and they and been pinned which means like i was the choice but then my pin got released which happens and then they called me back for another role in this series to play the daughter of alma and i auditioned for that and then i think they saw me and they were just like she looks so much like allison tolman who plays alma so they were like so then i got another audition for for young alma and I did it while in Arizona. I don't have my lighting equipment there. I don't have, like, I don't have the same, like, things I have. Like, I have a whole self-tape studio downstairs here. But I don't have that stuff. So I was kind of just, like, winging it. I also like dressing like the character. Luckily, it took place in the 20s. And my mom had some weird beaded, like, gaspy dress. <laughs> that was a costume in, like, our, our house that I just put on. And, yeah, I taped it, sent it in, and heard, like, four days later that I got it. Oh, nice. Awesome. Yeah. No callback for that one. Just, and then start date got pushed back so many times because production had a bunch of COVID scares. So like (laughs) they'd be like, okay, you're starting on October 28th. I'd be like, great. Got to go back to California. And they're like, nope, you're starting November 16th. Nope. You're starting December 1st. Like it just kept getting pushed back. Well, that must have been frustrating. They do the same kind of protocol for like like sports and stuff with like actors and stuff where you guys are constantly getting tested and stuff too. Oh, yeah. I've probably had more than 100 tests. Oh, God. Yeah. That's the nose ones, right? In the sense. Mm -hmm. Oh, fun. Can only imagine. My wife had to go get one of those recently and she she, uh, has her nose has just been jacked up ever since. Uh No fun. So you just said that the the show itself takes place in uh, the 1920s, correct? So my my part does okay. it, the regular part. It takes place in the 40s. So but, uh, my scenes take place in the 20s. Well, with your where you're at, with your scenes and everything like that, how how do you get into the mindset essentially of you know the 1920s? Because that was a pretty pivotal time 
uh, in history period. I mean, you're talking mm-hmm. depression, you're talking um, like there's a lot of things going on in in one uh, area, but uh, a period frame, yeah, period of time. Thanks, Scott. Uh, that's <laughs> just uh, going on essentially. So how how do you one get into that 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 mindset, that frame, and then um, what? what would you take from having to get, you know, into, into the twenties scene and things like that? I mean, I think it's, it'd be different if like I was the main part in a whole show that took place in the twenties, but this was like, I had a few scenes that are very like specific. Like one of my main scenes takes place at my high school dance. And so I'm not really focused on like all the crazy things that are probably happening in the Mm twenties because I'm focusing on this scene and that's me seeing a guy that I like kissing another girl, whatever. So I'm not thinking about like all the other stuff, but if it was, you know, strictly took place during the twenties and there were things that then I would do the research and try to get there. Well, you know, we're a little different back then too, than what they are right now. So I mean, mean, go ahead. People talked more like, like fluidly. I feel like it was very nice and like, it wasn't so what's up, you know, like crackle, (laughs) like it was very elevated, I guess. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So I always take that into account. The first thing I do when I get a character or get a script or breakdown is I try to figure out the character's voice and their mannerisms and stuff like that. So how how does that don't do? So you don't do swing music in your trailer before you go out. Like you don't get pumped up. (laughs) <laughs> it's funny because on, on Tarantino's set, he has every he always dresses up like whatever the scene we're shooting. So like when we shot a scene at the Playboy Mansion, he was wearing a smoking jacket and had a big pipe. Like and it wow. certainly helps the energy on set because you're just you know, you're everyone's in it. It doesn't it doesn't feel like it, it could be the two thousand twenty one, whatever it is, you know, because everyone's dressed in this 60s garb and and everyone's like the music's playing and that's 60s so when i did that movie it was a lot more you know vibes on set yeah but and why it wouldn't kill you know the second you step on set and see all those extras and their beautiful 20s costumes and like you see the building and hear the music play like it automatically gets me in that spot but i don't do anything like before at least for this role i didn't so you you just brought up once a time in hollywood right i think that's what it's called mm-hmm. the, the movie mm-hmm. once upon a time in- yeah once upon a time in hollywood i have yet to see that movie and i i, I want to Good. so bad um it's long that's my only well it's a quentin tarantino that's movie long. right so it's it's that's supposed true. to that be true so we we've talked about Quentin Tarantino on the show before. Obviously, we haven't had him yet. Uh, I want to say yet because I'm that's I'm setting me, lofty goals, me. right? <laughs> so what what's it like working with a director like Quentin, Quentin Tarantino? Because he is very unique. Uh, I'm a huge fan of his work. Uh, he's got countless number of movies. You know, Dust Till Dawn, uh, uh, Pulp Fiction. You know, just a lot of of good content. Uh, what's it like working for him and with him it's such a dream i still pinch myself like i cannot believe i got to do that 
he's just amazing. I mean, the way he he has such a vision and such a passion. We'll be shooting something and he'll say, okay, we got it, but we're going to do it one more time. Yeah. We all say, why? And we all scream, because we love making movies. <laughs> and it's just like having that like passion and like energy on set is so nice for everyone because you wouldn't expect that on a set. Like, I mean, maybe people would expect that on a set like his, but you know, when you're working with these A-list actors and stuff, you think it's going to be very like go, go, go professional. And of course it was very professional, but he still made sure that we were all enjoying what we were doing. I think that's so valuable, especially for a movie of that caliber. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's the thing, like, you know, from someone being on the outside, like we only get to see one aspect, right. uh, Of someone like you or even Quentin Tarantino or Brad Pitt or Leo, you know, we see, one aspect of that and and it's most of the finished piece yeah and, well and also i mean it's it's whatever the paparazzi shows us right so we're mm-hmm. it's very dimensional is is what i'm kind of getting at and so you working in being alongside a lot of these people right it, you see a different you see something different than the public does essentially uh-huh what what is uh that so how do you handle did, did you fanboy out at all or any well fangirl yeah, sorry it's pretty, it's pretty surreal so i primarily Fan worked person. with margot robbie yeah. i didn't actually i didn't actually meet brad or leo but like even margot like we were in the makeup trailer together getting ready this is the first time <laughs> i'm meeting her and obviously i want to say something to her but i don't know if i'm allowed even like i don't know what mm-hmm protocols are in for these high like profile people and i'm just sitting there like very nervous and then she comes up to me and is like hi margo like what's your name and introduces herself and like it's like well i can't wait to see you on set this is an awesome scene and we do it and then like right she was just so personable same with quentin tarantino he goes up and hugs you like that's the first thing he does and like i'm not expecting that from any of them so getting that is just like oh you're exactly who i want you to be <laughs> oh, it's great. So, uh, without giving any names or anything like that, have you experienced the opposite with anybody? The other side. I would not say the opposite. I have not experienced <laughs> anything horrible, thank goodness. But this was definitely the most welcoming, like, comforting, energetic set I've ever been on. Other sets I'm on, like, atypicals, we're all a family, but, like, there's. It, there's just, there was nothing like being on set when he's like, you know, partying us up. Like we're, it was really like being at a real party. So you bring uh, Atypical back up again uh, with Atypical and this next season that's coming out. Do you get an, an opportunity to watch, or even do you even watch your uh, that you create? I do watch my my content very begrudgingly. I love to watch it because I love the things I'm in. I've been yeah. in things that interest me. I'm like, oh, I want to see that. Like, Why Women Kill, I told you, was my favorite show. Um, so I do watch it, but all I do is critique myself. I'm like, oh, I could have done this. I could have done that, whatever. But I love seeing the show. I love seeing how it came together. I love seeing my friends' reactions, audience reactions, my family reactions. Yeah, usually there's a premiere like beforehand. I don't know what with COVID if we're going to be able to watch it, but okay. usually we watch the first two episodes. So how, how does a premiere work for a TV show then? Cause do you just, Oh, you just said two episodes. Yeah. We oh, watched the first okay. two episodes. Usually. I'm like, so I'm like, like well, some, so one season I was in both episodes. One yeah. season I wasn't in either episode. Like, and it come until later in the season, Yeah, but it's just great being with the whole cast and 
gathering together and seeing what's gonna happen. So I have you, you like a producer's like a producer's house, or do you guys go to like a movie theater kind of thing and watch it, or is it something like that? It's for once upon a time in Hollywood. Yes, I watched at Quentin's house, which was the oh, coolest wow, thing wow. in the freaking world. Really cool. He had like a few of us over. We watched it in his home theater, but that wasn't the premiere. That was just like a showing for select people. That's probably better. I would say, but it was the coolest thing ever. Yeah, for a typical season one, I think we watched it at Sony, which is the entertain whatever makes it and they have like a screening room and then we had like a party outside and then for a typical season three i don't even remember two for a typical season three maybe it was two i don't know we we did it at the natural history museum because it fits in with the theme of atypical and they set up like a screen and projector and that's what we watch it on so so different th- premieres happen everywhere like often they happen at movie theaters but often they happen at like spaces and they just make it work well, it's it's uh, very interesting to like learn nice. that back uh, aspect of it because that, that's again something from the outside we don't really get to see that uh, or yeah. I mean you you hear of or you know it's yeah. if it's a big project you know they have it at you know one of the you know a big theater or something you, we hear like the big stuff but like with with uh, regular TV it's, it's just you know you don't hear oh well we had it at the Natural History Museum or uh, yeah something like that so that, that that's yeah. interesting yeah, it's to fun because they make it for us. You know, you think premieres are big and for like, you know, the release of the movie, lots of audience. But I think with TV, it's much more intimate. There's not it's not like released to press or anything like it's really just us and crew and family and stuff. And and like they did such fun things to make it like about the show, which makes us like it's just really cute. And yeah, so very cool. uh, You haven't had a chance then to see season four yet, correct? No, not yet. It, with without giving any spoilers uh, or, or things, uh, yeah, without giving any spoilers, even though you haven't seen it yet, is there anything notable uh, that we should look out for with season four uh, or, or that, yeah, something notable, I, I, I guess. Hmm. Something notable. Because this is the I last mean, season, correct? Like it's yes, this is it, the last season. But the thing is, is I don't get every script. I only yeah. get the scripts I'm in. So like, I really don't know what's happening. Like, I get as excited well. to watch it as the fans do. <laughs> but Beth has some fun scenes this season, and I do reunite with the dog. Oh, okay, I get to work with the dog again. Oh, spoiler alert! Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, you kidnapped it, so essentially it's your dog anyways. It's my dog. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, as we wind down here, I, I, we do have a few questions that we typically ask. Uh, they are a little out of left field. Uh, so okay. if, uh, just, yeah, just a little. Uh, if, I'm ready. If you have, if essentially if you're like, I, I don't know, we, we can move on. It's not a problem. Okay. What, one that we really like to uh, throw out, we essentially ask almost every guest that we have on uh when we first started uh the podcast we initially had uh, a couple um people from australia on and uh going to be an r&b artist there uh that's you know he's got a good career going on uh and i gently decided to to be to try to attempt to be funny and i asked him like well is australia even a real place like what 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 is going on and so as we continued to to kind of play with this idea because we had now it's just a running skit on our show uh um 
conversations, uh, one to like Antarctica uh, and uh, a lot of different things. And, and a lot of it leads ends up heading back to uh, like a flat earth theory. Uh, if you were, I'm not saying that y- you believe in flat earth or, or anything like that, but if you were oh, to like, I know, I know, right? <laughs> Scott, I know. I don't want to hurt, offend you, Scott, or anything like that. If you were to, though, you know, you utilize the ideas of flat earth, I uh, think that Australia is a real place. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know. I think so. Well, I, I, you know what's funny yeah, is so. Okay, so we have you doubting it. So okay, so it's already going good. Yeah. So we're, <laughs> we're essentially we're we're converting you to a believer that it may not be real. Oh. So, what's funny? No, I'm just kidding. No, no but what's not. funny is so we ask this question and we never know what the answer. Like, because everybody's like, oh, they just like yourself. You're like, ah, yeah, it's a yeah, real we place. Or, Here we get but that. every oh, now that. and then every now and then we get somebody well you guys are talking about the wrong thing well you should look into what's going on in antarctica and, and all this oh, other stuff so okay. and then uh not long ago we actually had someone on where they're like well yeah my father-in-law is, is a flat earth uh theorist and he <laughs> believes in xyz and we, you know it goes into a whole expansive different thing so one thing fight every thanksgiving yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was another crazy thing so uh, to try to get you more of a believer, have you ever been first off to Australia? I have been to Australia. Okay. But okay. Mm. So did you, you took a flight from uh, our side of the world, which is the West coast of the United States, all the way to Australia, right? Kind of. I think we stopped in Florida, but yes, essentially. Okay. So you went, you went that way. Uh, so they took you all the way across and then from Florida, oh, that even makes it even this, what I'm about to kind of go over a little bit more than, uh, so you in Florida, which Florida itself is just an insane, crazy place. Uh, I think we stopped in Florida. You think? Yeah. So yeah. See, see, there you, we go. you now, see, it's starting already. So then you're on a flight from, from Florida to Australia, which, uh, I, no more layovers, right? Right. Okay. So that that has to be what at least sixteen hours, maybe. Mm-hmm. So you're in a flight. I'm sure you had fallen asleep at some point. I'm making a lot of assumptions here, so correct me if I'm wrong. You fell asleep okay. at one point. Are you sure you woke up and and you were in Australia and not in, in some type of simulation? Back in Florida. funny it's definitely something i've thought about not just to australia but anywhere i travel and like what if we were just Mm. in the sky for a long time and then they did like a little set change and then landed us down right who knows who knows well what what makes this even more entertaining is uh in florida so you could have taken off on your next flight and then circled right back and went right to disney world it's true. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. I didn't know Australia got one of these. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I can visit more than just Australia here. The whole world. <laughs> uh, well, in go ahead, Scott. I was say, isn't, isn't Margo's from there? too right yeah Margo's from australia that's why i think it's real oh so that's why you went you went you were visiting with her then she was showing you around i didn't know her yet (laughs) but but i would love to visit her there Uh that's funny i'm friends with her brother who still lives there so maybe someday i'll go back possibly but who knows if i'll actually be going back yeah you don't know where you're gonna go yep 
being in acting uh, and uh, you've been do- obviously doing this for you know since you were a child is there something in uh, whether it be seeing or your musical theatrical uh, uh, is, is there something that people regularly do uh, within this scene uh, that drives you nuts hmm that like a like a pet peeve that you know, either actors like they do flat, or they like flash a flashlight on you on stage to get off or something during your audition or <laughs> no <laughs> i wouldn't say there's a regular thing that happens on every set but if you are a trained college actor that went to a acting program you're probably really weird because <laughs> acting programs are weird and we did weird things in it like the jiggles and like our warm-ups were were just we looked like animals and i'd be very nervous i mean yeah you're like Whoa! like you go you go crazy you go crazy and that's our warm-up and i very much worry that there would be some performers from college programs going to auditions and doing that in the waiting room. And I'm like, if you do that in the waiting room, you will be kicked out. (laughs) They're going to know. Do that in your car or not at all. Because I personally think it's ridiculous. I don't think it lets anything out. Like I let things out other ways. So, you know, I guess if it works for you, it works for you. But if I ever saw an actor do that, which I did all the time at Chapman, I, I think they're weird. Do you think, I know it's an exercise and they're trying to say, Hey, you're just trying to get everything out or whatever. But do you think it's maybe something to get you out of your comfort zone? Cause it, it, obviously it sounds like you did not like doing that at all, but then you're doing it for the class. You think that that's something that they're, that that was their goal maybe. For me, I don't think that. I don't think that. I think it was ridiculous. But I do think that actors within the class thought, oh, well, if this amazing professor is telling me to do this, then it must be the key to success. Hmm. And I think that many of them did it as an ego thing and not actually because it made them feel good. Okay. Okay. You know, I'm just one jiggle away from that big role. Exactly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Here's your small fries. I hope none of my professors hear this and think I'm an awful person for hating their jiggles, but you know. (laughs) Oh, so you're still friends with some of them. So obviously, if they did hear this, you'd be like, oh, what? I really like the jiggles. You don't do the jiggles anymore? I think they were pretty aware of what I thought was good (laughs) and what was not. I was not a quiet person. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't go along with things. I, like I said, there would be actors who would raise their hands at everything just because they wanted to speak to this wise professor. Whereas I would be like, only raise my hand when I actually had a legit question. I wasn't asking just to ask. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my next uh, question. Uh, I ask this question a lot because it, it kind of throws people off. Uh, what is a piece of information that you have learned in your life that feels illegal to know? Ooh, it is a good question. Can you give me an example? Like, I totally know what you mean, but like, I don't know. Uh, what's last guest? Uh, well, we had one where they said uh, he was like, he had Armenian in him and his family. And he said that you never pay for insurance. Or you, no, you, you, no, you take advantage you of the insurance after a certain amount of time. So let's say you had car insurance. Or, obviously, this is bad and not advice to anybody. <laughs> but you have car insurance or you have like a home insurance and you've been paying that for five years and you're not utilizing that. He says 
you should be utilizing that. <laughs> so that was one piece of information, which is obviously not great advice because that's a sort of insurance type fraud. But uh, if you have a handicap placard, you can park <laughs> anywhere for free, Literally. including private, private parking. Oh. They're not allowed to tell you that you can't park here, even if it's private because you're handicapped. Ooh, all you can do is probably like call the cops and they can check if you're actually legit. Yeah, they'll tag, they'll put up a sink, and then it's just a waste yeah. of everyone's time. Yeah. I feel like so, you yeah, can get away. Be, so it must be real. I, with, with the handicap thing, I feel like you can get away with that everywhere except for New York. <laughs> yeah. Because mm, you can't. Maybe. Yeah, because you can't even park in New York. So that. That's, yep. True. <laughs> yeah. I'm well, sure San Francisco is probably the same way. Right. At least, you know, you know, this rule, this rule is for California. Like, from what I know, this is California law. So I don't, I don't know where it is other places. Right. Arizona too, I'm sure. Yeah. I can't see anybody caring in Arizona. No, I mean, yeah. You could draw a handicap thing. I think Arizona, they just be like, all right, well, I'm just going to let it go. We're going to let it go. True. Very true. Well, I know that we talked uh, about a few of your shows. Uh, I really appreciate that you came on. Uh, do you tell us where we can find you, uh, like social media and things like that, or if you have a specific website, and then if you have any other projects coming up uh, beyond the ones that we talked about today? Sure. Well, you can follow me at, in, on Instagram and TikTok at Rachel Redleaf. You can also book me on Cameo and get a shout out. Well, uh, my website is rachelredleaf.com. And I also do coaching for actors for like audition tapes and stuff. So people can reach out to me on there. Steve, and what was, what's the, what's yeah. the final question? Uh, Where can you find me? Oh, and what have I projects? Project. Yeah, you know, it's just atypical. My Women Kill is still in the process of dropping, but uh, you can watch me in Kajillionaire on HBO Max. You can see me in Atypical on Netflix. Why Women Kill on Paramount Plus, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, somewhere, <laughs> probably a lot of places. I know it Traffic. used to be on HBO Max, and now that they moved, yeah. I think. Uh, um, stars has it right now because uh, i because mm-hmm. i have attempted to try to go watch it, and then i'm like oh damn it i don't have that uh subscription service yeah. and and i almost did the whole episode without using a cuss word until right now awesome oh, damn. Ah. <laughs> yeah, <not> a bad <laughs> one. <laughs> so we usually yeah you, we're very foul mouth so it, it, to go through an episode where say, we're not like, swearing I was a rule. <laughs> right i mean podcast it's the wild wild west we can do whatever we want and say whatever we want totally. for the most part very you true. can wear our pajamas which is what yep. i did yeah. nicely done nicely done yeah scott's has his on too see i told you i was yeah. gonna have him wear his pajamas <laughs> he wears his amigos gear to bed Little dreams. Amigos, amigos. Anyways. All right. Well, amigos out. This has been the Amigos PC. Make sure to like, subscribe, and review us on all your podcasting platforms. Visit us at amigospc.net for our entire library of content and Amigos merch. Till next time. Adios.